Church. I am really looking forward to talking with you today and reading some scriptures with you this morning um, based on one of our foundational truths as believers and Christians. And this is the truth that we have an Abba Father. Abba Father. And this is, to me, one of one of the, the, the highlights of the Gospels, the emphasis of our faith that brings really the reality of this is good news right home to our hearts. Some of you have heard um, you know, the, the Gospel growing up your whole life, and so this may not feel like new or revelatory. Some of you are new to faith, and you are new in this journey that um, you are embarking on to follow Jesus. But no matter where you're at in your journey with God and your journey with Jesus, sometimes what brings us inner revival is just to take time to meditate on one of the foundational pillars of what it means to be a Christian, of what it means to know God. So we're going to spend the next few minutes just talking about the truth, the good news that we have, that we have a heavenly Father. So let's, I'm going to spend a lot of time this, um, this morning just reading through different passages with you and, and unpacking some of those, those passages. Now, in, when Jesus is praying in John 17 and he's talking to his um, disciples and John 15, John 16, John 17, he says something in his prayer to the Father. He says that he has sanctified them by the word of truth, that he's cleansed his people, he's purified his disciples because he's just presented them the word of the Father, the word of God. And some of you this morning, your victory is the fact that you've just turned this message on and made it through the first part of it. And I want to just tell you that even positioning yourself to hear the word of God has a supernatural power and effect in your inner man. When you position yourself to hear God's word, God's word in itself has a sanct- is a sanctifying agent, like Pastor Michael would talk to us about uh, back at Autumn Ramp, but hearing the word of God, positioning yourself to listen to scripture, it actually releases um, revival power in your inner man. It strengthens your inner man. So we're gonna look at God as Father passage by passage this morning, and I believe it's going to really revive your joy of salvation and strengthen you where you need to be strengthened. So first, just a little bit of biblical background and context. When Jesus came onto the earth and he was announcing the kingdom of God, he began, you know, he would refer to God, his father, And then when he was interacting with people and teaching them on the Sermon on the Mount, he begins to talk to them that God is their Father, instructing them to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. And for a lot of us nowadays, this is not really a new concept to think of God as Father. But let me just shed a tiny bit of context to hear Jesus walking on earth referring to God as Father and in, then encouraging his, follow, his followers to relate to God as Father was actually like a, a new emphasis. So in the Old Testament, they only referred to God as Father maybe seven times you hear God referred to that way. And we, you know, it would be the father of Abraham, the father of Israel, meaning the source, the one where the nation of Israel came from. 
And then a few times throughout the prophets, you hear them say, well, we are your people, the sheep of your um, pasture. We, we are your people and you are our father. And then in the New Testament, Jesus takes that truth, but then just explodes it, builds on it. It becomes the primary way that he encourages his, his followers to relate to God is as father. So seven times mentioned in the Old Testament to over 150 times. And the primary way that Jesus referred to God was father. So this is like in many ways, Jesus comes and he starts to just um, blow up all the stigma and boxes. And God that may have been in the Old Testament to Israelites, impersonal, then becomes through Jesus, very personal very present, um, very much somebody that they can be in relationship with. So let's dive in to this. Let's look at, um, I'm going to start with Romans 8, 15 through 16. So Romans 8, Paul's speaking here and he says, so you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. And when you hear that word fearful, let me actually, let me just read through and then I'll come back and we'll take a few a, a few nuggets from this passage. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit. When, you, when he adopted you as his own children, now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. What an incredible difference that the Spirit of God in this whole relationship, being a follower of Jesus is, how it's not this fearful slave where we're outsiders of the family of God and we're just meant to um, respond to a harsh master and fear punishment if we get anything wrong and it's all external, but it shifts and now we have this new way of relating and coming to God. It's through Jesus Christ that we access the Father. It's our faith and trust in Him that we now become a part of God's family. And what was external and shrouded in fear is now something that transforms us from the inside out because the very Spirit, the very DNA of God, this Holy Spirit, comes and dwells within us and unites us and makes us part of the family of God. Now think about just a natural family. My, my father and mother, okay, I exist because they first existed and I have their blood, their DNA, their genes in me. And when you just parallel even what little bit we know about that to this amazing truth in the spirit that you belong to the Father God, because his spirit is in you. His spirit marks you. His Holy Spirit, when you believe in Jesus, comes to reside in you. His DNA, his kingdom is within you. And that's the guarantee and the assurance that you have that you belong to the family of God. Now, this is incredible. Let's look at, I wanna go back to um, the Gospel of John. Let's look at John. Chapter 1, John chapter 1, verse 10 through 13. This says, So he came into the very world he created. This is John referring to Jesus. 
the Son of God. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And later in John chapter 3, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, he's emphasizing this truth in his conversation with Nicodemus. He's saying, you must be born of the Spirit. If you want to be a part of God's big plan, God's big move of what God is doing in his kingdom, then it's not just an intellectual decision or an emotional, soulish decision. It's something very spiritual. It's the Spirit of God indwelling in those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God who saves them, forgives them, transforms them, is their righteousness, is the way to the Father, is the way to the Holy Spirit. And this is I think really helpful because it reminds us this truth, okay, that being in the family of God and being a child of God, it is a supernatural, spiritual thing. And we live in a world here around us where everything is natural and, and we, we use our minds and we use our emotions and we have physical bodies and that's definitely all created by God as well. God created you body, soul, and spirit. But to be a child of God is your spirit becomes awakened. Your spirit, like it just said in Romans 8, your spirit is joined with the Holy Spirit of God. And this is supernatural. This is not just an agreement with your mind, even though your mind will agree and be renewed and be transformed. And it's not just your body stops doing things and starts doing certain disciplines. It's not just practical like that. It is truly, truly something that is so transformative to be a child of God, to be in the family of God, that it impacts every part of you, spirit, soul, and body. And your spirit then becomes awakened. Your spirit, when you come to know Jesus, is born, becomes, you become a new creation. And Jesus is saying, who is this for? Who can become a child of God? Who is a child of God? I love, I love how John just clarifies this. Listen to this again in verse 12. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. All who believed him. Do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? Do you believe that he is the way to righteousness and to know the Father personally? Have you accepted him as the Lord Jesus Christ? Then you are a child of God. To those of you who are mature and you've been or on your path to maturity, like pursuing God for decades and decades, you're a spiritual being. You have a spirit inside of you, and it's the Holy Spirit of God. And he's working in you, and this is what makes you a child of God. More than your behavior, more than the do's and the don'ts, more than any other attribute of your Christianity, you are a child of God because your faith in Jesus Christ has joined your spirit with the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit in you becomes the manifestation of God's grace, 
the power for right living, the assurance of your salvation, the source of hope for your future, the source of hope that every promise God's given you will be fulfilled. Christianity without the Holy Spirit is dead and dull and doesn't even work. The whole transformation between the Old Testament and the New Testament can in one way just be summed up as in the law was written on stone, it was outside of them, to the New Testament and the New Covenant is that those who believe in Jesus, the law is written on their heart. The Holy Spirit comes inside of them and begins to guide them and renew their mind and reshape their conscience. And you have to remember, no matter how old you get, how much you mature, that this walk with Jesus is a spirit thing and a soul thing and a body thing. And he encompasses and baptizes us, fully immerses us in every and um, all of us in the life of his spirit. But sometimes you just need to understand the resistance, the hardship, uh, trials and testings. Those are things that the Holy Spirit is working through. There's a battle in the spirit realm. And just because there's a battle, that doesn't mean that you're not a child of God. Let's, I want to just, oh, highlight one other thing. You know what's a bit scary about this verse? Or not scary, but sobering, I guess I should say, is the first part, John 10, I'm um, John 1, 10. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. And the very people he came to save rejected him. I still think it's amazingly um, sobering, the fact that God has given us free will. He's given us a choice. Why? Because he wants a love relationship. And we all know if you're forced to love somebody, that's slavery, like Paul was saying. That's not a love relationship. You are invited into a love relationship. So there is a free will involved. There's a choice that you make to receive Christ or reject him, to disguise um, or to dismiss him or to invite him in and stay tuned into him and to nurture that relationship with him. So God becomes our father because we believe in Jesus and then the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Now let's look at, um, I want to, to go now to 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. Or actually, let's go to 1 John 4, 1 John 4, 13 through 18. You know, one of the reasons why it's amazing, or one of the reasons uh, why we need to sometimes just take time to, to build and study out the foundational truths of our Christianity like God is Father to us. Because when we come to Christ, we have, have these ideas, these mindsets, these um, views of even fatherhood that have, that have shaped our existence from earthly fathers, from people we know, experiences we have endured and lived through, traumas, tragedies. And when we come to Christ, it's like our life begins, Father begins this renovation process of our life. And some of you, when you hear God is Father to you, you think, wow, I don't know if I want anything to do with God if he's a father. Because you've had a terrible experience with your earthly father. And I just want to, to encourage you, all of us, no matter what upbringing we have, when we come to Christ, we are called to start this whole remaking, so to speak. The Holy Spirit begins 
this remaking in us. Romans 12 talks about it like this. We're, we're transformed by the renewal of our mind. Uh, Paul in Corinthians, he says, we're tearing down strongholds. We're coming against these lofty opinions. We're tearing down. The prophet Jeremiah says we're building up and tearing down and tearing down and building up. And Isaiah put it this way. We're rebuilding and renovating these spaces, these places, these lives so God can inhabit them. And when you start your journey with Christ, but then even as you mature and grow in Christ, you are in many ways like you're looking at truths, God's revealing truths to you. And then in light of the truth that he reveals, you're comparing that truth to your own assessment and experiences. Now, Jesus referred to the enemy, the Satan, the devil as the father of lies in John 10. And he says, everything he does is a lie. He's the author of all lies. But the way the enemy lies to us is not just by whispering, God's not a good father. No, through sin, through fallen nature, the enemy's lies are not just these, this verbal narrative. Think of it as the enemy like having a whole theatrical set. And he's not just using words, but he has these all props and these, this whole set that it's not real, but it is there. And things that you're experiencing, trauma and abuse and the brokenness of humanity and your own brokenness, he uses all of that to form these lies and opinions. And when we come to Christ, we start this renovation work with the Holy Spirit, where we're bringing everything about our, our past, our present, our future, and with the Holy Spirit, we start sorting through, okay, this stays, God wants to use this. Or, oh, you know what, that's just damaged and we can't necessarily, God's going to remake it and use the pain. No pain is wasted. But that truth about Father doesn't match up with the truth about your heavenly Father. So we need to replace that with the superior truth about your heavenly Father. And as we begin to renew our minds, these truths that we discover, this knowledge of God that we have increases and it increasingly brings freedom and healing to us. And it's not like we come to Jesus and in one day, one night, you become an infant in Christ to a mature believer who knows everything about God. You know, no, just like with a house renovation project. Sometimes, and this, is, this was something Megan shared with us um, after, after service Zoom last week. She said, God's just been highlighting to her just even kind of the construction process that we all undergo and the renovation process. And sometimes renovation, when your life is being, be, being made new, there's mess, there's stuff that just feels even chaotic. I mean, you, if you've ever renovated a house, you, some of you, you understand. I mean, Joe and I have done that a couple times and there comes a point where we're like, dear God, what have we done? Is this, we should not have even bought this house. This is crazy. This is mess everywhere. And sometimes there are seasons of our life where God is bringing down truths that are harmful. They're misconceptions of God that actually are hindering our connection with him. And we have to bring those things down. Like God is not a distant father. God is a, not a dangerous person. He's not out to punish me. He's for me. He loves me. He's building me up. And those, those are some of the truths that when they're all unfolding in your life, it feels like what is happening? And that's when you just have to sit back and relax in the work of the Holy Spirit. 
That when things feel overwhelming and your Christianity feels even a little bit possibly um, overwhelming of, Lord, there's so much I need to change. There's so much I need to work on. There's so much that needs to be aligned with your word. And you need to rest in the fact that the Holy Spirit is in you. And the Holy Spirit never has an incomplete renovation project. He will work as you yield to him. And as you rest in him, he's going to complete what he started in you. As you yield to him, as you invite him and as you acknowledge him and acknowledge his presence in your life, he is going to bring to completion the work that God has begun in you. So let's, I just want to, um, before we, we're going to end in just a, in a bit and close in some ministry time and praying over you. And I'll, before we do that, though, I want to read... Um, 1 John 4, 13 through 18. And this is kind of, again, highlighting what, what Romans was saying about how we're not, we're not fearful slaves, okay? God is not this harsh, he, he's a holy God. He's separate from all others. No sin, no moral flaw is in him. No darkness, no shadow. His holiness se- separates him from all others in humanity, So he is holy, but his spirit inside of us is holy as well. His spirit indwelling in us is the holiness and the righteousness that works out into our behavior. But he isn't this God that's just waiting for us to mess up. And then when we do, he's dishing out a punishment that's far more severe than the crime committed. And sometimes those are the type of things that have to be confronted, torn down, uh, brought back up. But listen to what 1 John 4, 13 through 18 says. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and we now testify that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. And all who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them. That is good news. I don't care what's happening in the world around you or what problem is stressing you out this morning or where you feel disconnection. Your faith does not rest on feelings. Your faith is not on resting on the backbone of experiences. Your faith has experiences. Your faith has feelings, but it rests on Jesus Christ and what he accomplished for you and your belief in him. All who declare that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them and they live in God. And we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in the world. And such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. I just want to highlight this about your Christianity, about the fatherhood of God, okay? The Spirit of God is in you. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. As you continue to walk with Jesus, just like a little baby growing up in, the, in a household with mom and dad, the father heart towards you is that you mature. It's that you continue to grow and grow in your knowledge of God and your expression of that love of God. 
it's funny sometimes in the house, you know, um, I like start being dramatic and sad about the girls growing up so fast and, oh, you can't grow up, mommy just wants you to stay so cute and cuddly and, and Joe is their father and his heart is, his expression of love is different and he, he is all about them maturing and maturing fast. And he's like, faster, faster, faster. Not because he wants them out of the house, but he knows that as they mature, things that were issues are gonna not be issues anymore. Things that overwhelm them won't overwhelm them anymore. Things that they feel like are insurmountable problems, they're gonna understand they can handle it. They're capable, they have everything they need to face that. Their peace is gonna increase, their joy can increase. They're gonna have challenges, but they're gonna grow in their capacity. And your heart as, and God's heart as heavenly father is this heart of love that's for your maturity. Not just so that you're mature for the sake of being mature, but because as you grow in capacity to love and know the love of God, then your joy increases, your hope increases, your expression of God's love to others increases increases and your heavenly father is committed to your maturity and that's why he's put his spirit in you now let me close with this Ephesians 1 3 through 8 and if you have your bible there then I encourage you guys to just sometimes what's helpful in your morning time with the Lord in your evening time with the Lord is you've got to go back to the foundations of the good news of the gospel. And remind yourself that even though there's trials and troubles, things that maybe you can't control, you have a father in heaven who cares for you, who's committed to your maturity, who's set you up for success, who's, who's cheering for you, he believes in you, he's going to provide for you. Listen to this passage that to me just sums up the incredible truth that you're not some kind of burden to God. He chose you. You aren't some sort of accident into Christianity. He didn't just like accidentally land in the Christian faith. No, he chose you to be a part of his family. And that was something he chose to do, not out of some kind of strange obligation, but because he delights in you. It was his good pleasure to do that. Listen to this, Ephesians 1. This is verse three. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Blessed with every spiritual blessing. United with Jesus Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us in his own family by bringing himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. I just absolutely think that we need to pause right there because maybe some of you have, a, have had an experience that father is not delighted in you, that you're some sort of duty to him, that he has this burden on him to care for you. And that is not the truth and that can hinder your connection with God. So what are we gonna do right now? You just replace that with this truth and start meditating every day until you breathe it and your bones resonate with it, that God chose you and this is what he wanted to do, that he is not fed up with you, disappointed with you, disgusted with you, 
that he delights in you and he chose you and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. As Joe comes and as um, Clay and Olivia come, you know, sometimes we forget that God is kind. And we see troubles and we see trials and we see all of that as like punishment for God, from God. I want to just tell you the truth that God is holy. He cares about our lifestyle. He cares about the choices we make. But everything that he does towards us is out of love. And I know that's hard for us to understand right in the middle of a story, but we're not done with the story yet. We see in part and we know in part on this side of eternity. And our faith rests in what God reveals to us in Jesus and what God has revealed to us in the Word of God. And He, listen to this last phrase, because of Christ, because of bringing us into His family, He has showered us with kindness. He has showered us with His kindness along with all wisdom and understanding. What an incredible Father is for you today. What an incredible Father is pouring out His goodness and His kindness to you. And this is a spirit connection that we have. This is how we know this is true. It's not just because it makes sense up here. It's because the Holy Spirit in us testifies, assures us, guarantees. Is that inner witness that says, you know what? I know sometimes it's hard to understand all this, but this is right. This is true.